Hi, I'm Natalie, and you may know me from such podcasts as this one, Infinitely Irrational. If you're a regular listener, you know that Kay and I are working on different projects at the moment, but fear not, we have definitely taken time out to enjoy some virtual coffee together. In the meantime, though, you also know that I've been bringing some friends in to help us get through these interesting times. So to close out this group of our special COVID-19 episodes, I would like to introduce a friend of mine. She always has such great perspective. She and I both share a love for delicious food. She lives in D.C. I live in Houston. We both have great food scenes. She is an academic dean at a private high school in D.C., and she also teaches sociology. Welcome, Anna Garland. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about what your work-life situation looks like. Yeah. So I have a nice little work-from-home spot at my dining room table with my dog next to me, snoozing majority of the time. Your coworker, your CEO. Literally the best coworker I've ever had. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, I feel like everyone feels the same way, but that there's really no separation between mm-hmm. work and home now. So just trying to make sure to take care of myself and make sure that there is that actual separation. Yeah. What have you been able to do to take care of yourself? You probably go on lots of walks with your puppers. Yeah. I'm really lucky to live really close to Rock Creek Park, which is probably the best thing about DC, honestly, kind of like a hidden gem. But if you're a resident, then you know that it's there. But Yeah, instantly Google's Rock Creek Park. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, Definitely taking Buffy on lots lots of walks there. The neighborhood that I'm in is like really close to Rock Creek Park, but just like walking around, enjoying the weather. It's actually pretty nice here, which is good. My window's open. Yoga, reading, all those kinds of things. Nice. Yeah. So you're a leader right now in times of change. What has communication with your team look like? How do you know that you're getting the message to your folks or, or even being helpful? Yeah, it's definitely challenging. I would say the number one thing has just been to try and alleviate people's concerns as much as possible. So trying to help everyone understand that we're all trying to figure it out right yeah. now. Nobody has the answer we're all going to just work together to try and get to a solution. And if that solution isn't working, we're going to tweak it, you know, and that's okay. So just kind of roll with it, figure it out as we go, which is obviously really difficult for everyone involved, including administration and faculty, because that's really not what we're used to. Right. We want to have everything figured out. We want to have like control of our classroom and all those kinds of things. And we don't have that now. So I think just like being open, flexible, making yourself available, following up with people, making sure that people know that they can come to you with anything that's not working and you're going to be there to listen to them and figure out a solution together. I think what you're saying, it's interesting because you and I were talking before this and I had said that what faculty are focused on right now is getting their classes up to speed and talking to their students and making sure that everything is is kind of running as smoothly as possible. And it sounds like the role that we have with our students is really similar to the role that you have with your team in that other folks above you are making some decisions, which may or may not be popular. And then you have to in turn relay them to your team and manage kind of that communication and go back. And so it seems like your role are both kind of in the middle there. Yeah, I would agree. I actually was thinking I'm always in a middleman position, but Mm -hmm. even more so now. So whether that's between 
parents and faculty or students and faculty or faculty and administration. Um, or faculty I work, and faculty. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I work pretty closely with like our counseling staff. So just kind of the, again, the middleman between the faculty and the counseling center and really just making sure that all of our students are okay. And then all of our faculty are okay. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. Have you been able to reach all of your faculty? Yes. Yes. We've been okay in that regard. We had probably a couple days before we decided that we were going to go fully online to just regroup and send out some expectations and, you know, talk things through. So that was really helpful. It wasn't, it was kind of overnight, but we, you know, had a couple days and then the weekend came and then we started on Monday. So. Okay. And so you're on spring break right now. Does, I bet that's uh, (laughs) pretty busy still the busiest spring break ever in not the best way. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm still working, but not crazy. No one's really bothering me. So that's good. I can just kind of get some things done that I wanted to do during the school year that now have been pushed to the side. And yeah, our online days are pretty busy. So it's it's definitely a weird mix of being more productive, but then also having, you know, I was thinking about how my job has to look a little bit different now. My job is essentially the same, but the percentage of time that I spend on certain roles within that position um, have changed a bit and everything's, you know, a lot quicker and the frequency at which I'm dealing with those kinds of things. So like the amount of support that I give to students is definitely exists in my traditional role, but now it's more frequent and longer. So touching base with students that I know are struggling and kind of facilitating the conversation between them and their teachers or being on Zoom calls with them when they're working with their tutor, things like that. Maybe the biggest group of students that are impacted are students with learning differences. Yeah. So whether that's as simple as an auditory learner now having to read things mm-hmm. more often and comprehension in that regard, or our students with dyslexia, ADHD, challenges with executive function. So just being more present with them than I would need to do yeah, in a traditional yeah. campus setting where they have that face-to-face all the time. And now, you know, they have so many distractions and... Yeah, you're right. That it's tough. Yeah. And they, I mean, they need the one-on-one mm-hmm. time and it's just not happening or it's not happening in the same way. So it's not possible. So, yeah. And I mean, I say I'm over here. I'm so lucky I teach math, but I do feel that way because if you are in a discipline like yours is sociology or history or something like that, I don't know how <laughs> math <laughs> is a universal language, by the way. <laughs> I feel super lucky to teach it. By the way, I have a meme that I want to read to you. It says, history essays in 2053, explain the use and roles of memes as a coping mechanism during the coronavirus pandemic of 2020. And I just really want to take a minute to talk about this on the podcast, because if anyone has any kids, please encourage them to be history majors so that they can assign that very assignment. 2053. I mean, 
Really though, I have the kids do a project that I call sociology in real life. Uh huh. Seems so obvious, right? Like sociology is everywhere, but mm-hmm. it's not until you're learning it that you realize truly that it is everywhere. So they have to pick things that happen to them or things they overhear or something they watch on TV or a news article or whatever, and then tie it to sociology. And like, we're literally living in sociology right now. Every day I'm like, oh, I have to find that article and put it on Canvas really quick, even though they're on spring break right now, but I just want them to read it. (laughs) No, I feel that, you know, I was just, I can't remember who I was talking to, but I was telling them, I said, we would be remiss if we didn't use all the exponential graphs that we're talking about right now. (laughs) You know, I gave my business Cal this, it's time for their test now, God bless them. And uh, I gave them this problem where it was like, you know, epidemiologists found this cure for this, vi- this virus. And like, basically, here's the model of it. And so draw a graph that could represent this, you know, and it takes into account first and second derivatives and stuff. Draw this graph. <laughs> and so like, <laughs> we would be remiss to not take advantage in any discipline, I think, of, of what we're happening right now. When do you see sociology or math in real life? Never, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> so while we're on the subject of just things we're doing in class, what what so are you doing? We're meeting on Zoom and I'm explaining directions and things like that. Or they read an article the other day that it was about poverty. And so it was a chapter in a book and I'm blanking now on the title of the book, but it was a story about how <clears throat> there was this private school and they had a summer camp and they gave a scholarship to an underrepresented population mm-hmm. student in that category. And then when she wasn't doing as well in her math class, they didn't provide the resources to help her, but failing to address maybe the, the gap in foundation that she needed to be successful. Part of the story also was that there was a, a camp counselor there that had a similar background and she was trying to help as much as she could, but she also didn't want to jeopardize the opportunity that she'd been given by working there. Mm -hmm. And so there wasn't much she could do. So the students, they read that chapter in the book and then they got on the discussion board on canvas and kind of talked about um, inequality and poverty and man. And I think, What you just said, just thinking about that in general right now, what's happening, you had said you looked for current articles right now. And I think this whole situation is highlighting some of those in maybe a slightly different way, but some of the inequities that exist right now. Absolutely. I actually read an article in the New York Times that was, it was basically students are at college and seemingly they're all the same, right? Once you're there, you're all in the dorm together. You're all going to the same classes. You all have, um, you know, the meal plan, whatever. Somewhat, you know, there's going to be those disparities, but they're not as obvious. And then now that we're in these online settings and there are some students that have or don't have connection to internet or their connectivity is spotty. Or no um, computer. All they have is like their phone. Exactly. But then there's the other student that, you know, they're Zooming from their beach house in Maine, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but that's serious. And Life goals. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> um, but yeah, the New York Times article was basically like showing the disparities now that are so obvious 
during yeah. this time. And the, the other student in that article was trying to help her mom keep running her food truck. Like that oh was her life, gosh. right? And so yeah. trying to balance that with classes online, like it's tough. It's it's so interesting the the essential what has become essential right now. And it is Maslow's a hundred percent right now. I know. And I always think about because we talk about in sociology the value that is given to certain or the value and then therefore the pay that's given mm-hmm. to certain jobs. So like what's it CEO like? CEO of Enron. <laughs> Yeah, or like an NBA player. Like you're literally useless right now. Yeah. <laughs> but Thanks, you're basketball. Just getting paid right? So what about all of our essential workers? Is that going to change? I mean, is there value? There's definitely value added at this time. Is that going to continue? Or once we get back to real life, you yeah. know, I guess not real life, normal life. Yeah, I don't know. It's pretty crazy. I will say, I don't know if this is, it's not really about sociology, but I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts and you may listen to this or maybe you will. Are you going to say my favorite murder? (laughs) No, but that that is one of them. Um, (laughs) I know your favorite podcast is the infinitely irrational podcast. You are right. So second favorite, my favorite murder. (laughs) Well, about my favorite murder, that's really keeping me like, let's keep things consistent. All right. Tuesdays and Thursdays, or wait, no, it's Mondays and Thursdays. I always know what to expect. But then the third would be this podcast may kill you. Have you ever heard of that podcast? No, what's it called? This podcast may kill you. Oh, this podcast may kill you. Okay. I thought you were like this podcast. And then you said may kill you. It may kill you. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. it's basically about, it's like two epidemiologists, but they're doing a similar thing. So kind Uh of pivoting towards this COVID-19 and obviously they did their episode on what it is. How do you get it? Like, how did it develop over time? Like what's the history and the epidemiology of the disease? But They also did one where they brought on two psychologists to talk about mental health during this time. And the one thing that I realized I was doing with myself is obviously this is a really stressful time. And as I mentioned earlier, we're used to being in control of a lot of things, especially in the teaching profession. So you can control you know, when they enter your classroom and what they're doing and you can redirect them and all of those different things. And now all of that is out. You can't guarantee that they're going to come to your Zoom meeting or even that they're paying attention or that you can't manage the distractions that they have. On top of that, it's really easy to become annoyed more easily. Your patience is definitely a lot lower because you're in a stressful situation as well. And when people do things that annoy you (laughs) or they don't follow your directions or um, they don't read the email that you send. (laughs) The one thing I got out of that podcast was like, try to be empathetic with everyone and realize that we're all trying to figure it out and um, to give each other more, more leeway, be more flexible, be more patient than you normally would be because we're all kind of in this situation that we've never been in before. And it's obviously traumatic. 
and there are other things that everyone is worrying about. So that was something that I really got out of that podcast. And I feel like if there's anything that I would want other people to think about is just taking a step back and thinking about what the other person could be experiencing at that time. Man, you know, it's interesting that you say that because when I talk to Holly Dickin, my math faculty friend from Muncie, Indiana, which by the way, if you're a Parks and Rec fan, you know why that's cool. But but she was talking about how, you know, she sent this thing to the student and the student like didn't write her back or didn't do anything until the last minute. And she wrote back and said, you know, oh man, I'm disappointed. And he, when they actually were able to connect the first thing, he was like, I'm so sorry, all these things. And she was like, no, like it's fine. And then she she goes, it's just, these are interesting times right now. And she really had to take a step back and think it's okay for me to be disappointed, but I also have to be understanding. And then right. in talking to our um, ISIS yesterday, the podcast that uh, was right before this one, the episode, she was talking about what needs to happen. You need to do right now, right now, what you need to do in order to survive. Mm-hmm. And I think both of those are so true. And it's really hard right now. I was reading some article the other day about when when fear kind of comes through like the first thing you do is circle the wagons around yourself and so instantly you're no longer worried about you know that's why we have the shortage of toilet paper for heaven's sake good lord but you know and then i read sidebar on this that there's some uh shortage of baby chicks because (laughs) people need their own what what is that i'll have no room to raise no chickens (laughs) what it's ridiculous and like those poor little chicks i know listen when i was small you know i grew up in belize my friend and i like occasionally had baby chicks and it drove my parents nuts and they were like no you cannot have so they were like we'll 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 take them to this person who has a farm and it can live happily ever after disclaimer i don't know what happened to chicks but i hope (laughs) they went to live happily ever after but i'm so concerned for the future of these baby chicks right now (laughs) <laughs> I mean it's so sad and like come on you're not gonna like raise chickens and have eggs oh my <laughs> know what to do with that okay so let me ask you another question okay how have you managed the large-scale changes that are happening so rapidly because honestly it seems like things things change sometimes by the minute and how do you how do you manage that in your work? Really overnight, right? Yeah. Like I go home one day. Sorry, my dog just whined. Um, <laughs> go home one day, you think it's one thing, and then like five, six PM, mm-hmm. it's like, oh no, it's something completely different. I'm like, all right. Yeah. I guess just being flexible. And I don't know, Natalie. I don't even know that I have managed these changes. <laughs> you know, that's fair, man. Oh, I feel like right now we're taking it one minute at a time. And I've been so one of the things that I've been doing a lot is I've been thinking about this, like, quote from Hagrid, where he says, what's coming will come and we'll meet it when it does. And I like I think that every day I'm having to meet something and mm-hmm. you know, whether it's my students that are telling me that that like whatever is going on in their lives. One of them told me that she, um, she decided she was going to quit smoking right now. She's a single mom with a couple of kids. And I was like, Oh girl, I'm sending every good vibe that I can send you. 
another one um, wrote me and told me that she's an A student and she just, she feels like a failure. And I just, she's not a failure. And I hate that I can't do anything right now. I feel so helpless. And it, you know, then of course you've got like, we've got some family members, one of whom is living by herself and I can't talk to her 24 hours of the day, but I talked to her last night and she wasn't, she wasn't doing that great. And um, so I just like, I know, I know exactly what you mean about not knowing that you're managing the changes. Cause I feel like every single day is some new Voldemort (laughs) that we have to, that we have to face. I feel like my biggest role right now and same thing for, you know, the AP for academics and principal and president and so on is just trying to do what you can in that moment. So I, I feel like I'm normally like this anyways. Like if someone emails me, I want to get back to them as soon as I can. Mm -hmm. That's just like my personality maybe. But I feel that even more so now that if there's anything I can do to limit the amount of time that someone feels the way they do, Mm -hmm. then that's what I want to do. So if that's a parent, you know, emailing me about the lack or spotty internet that they have and the number of times Zoom has gone down during their kids video conference with their class, like I want to assure them that there's, there aren't going to be any repercussions on the student's end. If that's a student coming to me saying that they're feeling so overwhelmed and they feel like there's more work now than there was during the regular school year, then I want to do whatever I can to help them manage that workload and to communicate with the teachers. So I just feel like it's kind of like what I said earlier, like those are things that I was always doing before, but now they're happening more frequently and I'm spending more of my time on those. It just seems to be a more dominant theme and something that I want to manage as you know much as I can to just help everyone kind of take it easy as much as they can. Yeah. I think it's a tough balance. It just, you know, I mean, if you've got, so we went through hurricane Harvey and there are, there are bits that are similar here. And one of the things that I think is similar is trauma brain. It's, you know, I was having a conversation with a friend yesterday and she was telling me that when she was in grad school, her professor, she was dealing with some stuff and her, she looked at her test and it was like, it wasn't even English. And she yeah. went up to her professor and she was like, I'm sorry, I can't read this. Like, this is not English right now. <laughs> and so the professor told her, go home, breathe. Cause he kind of knew what was going on. But he's like, go home, take a breath, breathe, come back. And she came back the next day and she, she was able to continue. And like, I'm so glad we had that conversation yesterday because I think you know, I've, I've been kind of having this theme of like, you won't remember what your professor did, you'll remember how they made you feel, or you won't remember what your supervisor did. You'll remember how they made you feel. Mm -hmm. I mean, we hear this all the time about, you know, leaving bad leaders or whatever. And it's the same thing all the way, all the way through. And your message of being empathetic, I think is so important for people to hear right now. Yeah. So 
before we head off into the sunset or, you know, <laughs> the, the sun, as it were, well, it looks, I don't know. Is it sunny over there? It's not sunny over here. Yeah, but it's pretty sunny. It's like lucky. 60 degrees. So, you know, that's so perfect. Yesterday, it said there was a high of 90 here. Oh, my. This is excellent weather for running. I think it was also 99% humidity. Super yeah. amazing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but so before we head off into, before you get to head off with Buffy to, what would you say, Rock Creek yeah. Park? Yeah. Yeah, we'll go on a walk <laughs> soon. She's starting to stir, you know. She's so mad at me right now. But and she's before- like, why are you ruining my nap time? <laughs> before you go, before you go on your walk, um, what like what do you, what do you want to to leave people with? Are there any words of advice or or thoughts that that you have for anybody that you might want to share? Give yourself a break and give others a break, and do what you can. And if you can't do it, go read a book, go take a walk. Um, with, you know, six, six feet between you and the other person, if you're permitted to walk outside (laughs) and come back to it, communicate, don't be afraid to kind of like ask for what you need. Yeah. Do things that you enjoy. I always say that to anyone that is like any student that comes to me and is like, I'm just like so stressed out or whatever it is. And I'm like, are you doing anything that you enjoy? Is there anything during your day that you enjoy doing? If the answer is no, then like you got to change that right now. And there is nothing more important than your mental health and taking care of yourself. Everything else will, it'll all figure itself out regardless. So, Man, like this worked out so well that you were the last person that I spoke to in the last episode that... Um, that is going to air in this series because that it, you have summarized in what a couple of sentences, a short paragraph, as it were, what everybody <laughs> has been saying, but in more detail. So I think I think that's super amazing. Thank you so much, seriously, for spending for spending time with us today. It's been super yeah, fun. Thank you. And I really so, enjoyed seeing you. <laughs> yes, me too. And uh, so listeners, if you guys have any questions for me or for Anna, you can reach out podcast at infinitelyirrational.com or you can go to social media. Uh, we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or you can just visit the website at infinitelyirrational.com. Tomorrow, we get back into the swing of things. We've got our third Cardano episode that is airing with tumultuous events, even more tumultuous events than now. Uh, so we hope you enjoy it. Stop. Oh, right there. <laughs> like, I haven't done this 4,000 times.